Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Making the Great for the week ending Friday, April 5th, 2019. Remember, for my recap of NXT TakeOver New York, become a patron at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. We open Raw with Stephanie McMahon and her promised major announcement for the main event at WrestleMania. Always good to make big changes six days out. She says that she's spoken with her father and they've agreed that Becky Lynch should be removed from the match and that she is taking her place. Okay, not really, but she does announce that she's the fourth competitor. It's a, it's a funny April Fool's joke, you guys. It's hilarious. <sighs> the actual announcement is that both the Raw and SmackDown women's titles will be on the line in that match. Not just that, but the match itself is now winner take all. Tonight, of course, it is Ronda, Charlotte, and Becky against the Riot Squad, and if anyone on the former team turns on their partners, they are out of the title match at Mania. Enter Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman, of course. Heyman promises that Lesnar is going to end Rollins' career on Sunday. Seth makes his presence felt. He tells Brock that nobody wants Brock here, while Brock just smiles and laughs at him. Then he kicks Brock square in the dick. He gets Germaned anyways, but escapes an F5, and then Dick punches him. Seth penalty for Brock, and he holds, and Seth holds the Universal title high. Bad luck. Backstage, Seth is unapologetic for his repeated assaults on Brock's dick, saying it's not champion-like behavior, but then again, he isn't yet a champion. Match number one, Boss Hugs and Pussy Farts, now with free two-day shipping versus Outback Twats. I laugh during the Divas of Doom entrance when Beth sits on the second rope to hold it open for Natty, and Natty enters underneath it. Sasha botches an arm drag against Peyton almost immediately. We go to break during some classic miscommunication for the face team. Tamina low bridges Beth with the middle rope, so Beth charges and tackles her through the barricade. Beth hits the glam slam on Peyton, and the faces win. Grade C. This was not spectacular. Typical go-home, let's-throw-everyone-who's-in-a-match-into-a-different-type-of-match-for-no-reason stuff. Batista gets out of a giant SUV, and we go to break. Enter Batista. He points to the screen, and we get a video. A video that starts with the audio clip from SmackDown 1000, where Batista says, There's nothing this man hasn't done except beat me. Repeated about 17 times. So again, I ask, why does Dave want this match? He has nothing to prove. He's the one with the win. Anyway, he says only, kiss my ass, and then leaves. Elias is outside MetLife Stadium. Meanwhile, back in D.C., a lumberjack match for no reason whatsoever. Match number two, Apollo Crews versus Jinder Mahal. We get a shot of Androfi the Giant looking more like he's made of cheese than ever. The lumberjacks, if that's even what they are, are only around three sides of the ring. Apollo wins with the frog splash in maybe two minutes. Grade C. Squash matches get C's. The trophy gets placed on the ring apron and everyone tries to pose with it, which devolves into a battle royal of sorts. Grand Metalik destroys the ring apron on his way to the floor. Apollo wins again, despite this not actually being a match. That marks the second meaningless battle royal Apollo, Apollo Crews has won on Raw in the last six months or so. Enter Kurt Angle in one of the dumbest shirts ever. He immediately brags about still being able to get it up, even at his advanced age. We are directed to the Tron to watch a video about Kurt, which appears to be a surprise to Kurt. I'm just waiting for this to become about Baron Corbin. It doesn't, and Kurt is crying, and then Baron shows up. Baron talks about how Kurt is old and broken down, and he just can't hack it anymore, which really is true, so whatever. Kurt challenges Baron to a match tonight, and Baron makes his way to the ring, but ultimately refuses, which brings out Rey Mysterio for some reason. He challenges Baron to a match instead, and they both beat him up. Uh, Baron, that is, not Ray. Backstage, Charlie is with Charlotte, or is it Charlie who's with Charlotte? Charlotte isn't concerned that her title is now on the line because she's still going to win. Charlotte seems to hint that she will cause dissent on her team to get them taken out of the match. 
Enter Blackashay. Match number three, Raw Tag Titles, Blackashay versus The Revival. Alistair really needs some WD-40 for his little zombie platform. Side note, I don't find it egotistical to think that I'm better than people because I'm smart enough to realize that the Chrisleys are horrible fucking people and shouldn't have a TV show, let alone two. Anyway, Wilder hits one of the most brutal-looking gory specials I've ever seen. Beautiful spot. Wilder hits the Tornado DDT on Alistair outside, and then Ricochet does his over-the-turnpost dive onto the champions. Wilder manages to beat the count back into the ring, but Dawson grabs Ricochet's foot from under the ring to prevent him from getting in, and the Revival win by countout and are still your Raw Tag Team Champions. Grade A. This was a thing of beauty. This was a really good match. Then Alistair kicks both of their faces off. Ricochet hits a 6-3-0 on Dawson like a sore winner. Backstage, Rhonda tells Charlie to fuck off while she punches invisible people. And then, well, she actually tells Charlie that she doesn't feel like talking. And then she talks. A lot. So, you know. Elsewhere, Roman drinks water. We get a recap of them shitting on Andre's legacy. Then backstage, Alexa is talking to Tyler Breeze and EC3, who finally speaks. It's only been six fucking months. Braun then thinks all black people look alike, as he called a, calls a random black extra Michael Che. Kayla, or no, maybe I think that's Dasha actually, is with Roman, who hasn't moved since we saw him drinking water five minutes ago. He is attacked by Drew McIntyre, who then screams at him. We stay on Roman looking angry and hurt far too long before going back to the arena for a six-woman tag. Match number four, the Riot Squad versus Queen Man Bitch. Charlie's with Becky and Gorilla. She promises to win both of the titles at Mania. Uh, Becky, that is, not Charlie. If only to prevent the McMahons from firing her. Ask Enzo how much of a guarantee that is. Sarah locks Becky in a really good-looking inverted cloverleaf as Rhonda and Charlotte look on unimpressed. Charlotte tags herself in, then jaws with Becky. Rhonda then tags herself in and jaws with both of them and then puts the armbar on Liv and Liv taps out. Grade C. They barely played up the drama of one of them getting kicked out of the match. Rhonda then starts a brawl since the match is over, which brings out security and the police, some very, very young-looking police. Then Rhonda gets arrested. Becky then gets arrested for attacking Rhonda while she's arrested. Meanwhile, Charlotte just looks on from the ramp. Once they get both ladies out of the ring, Charlotte cold cocks Rhonda and gets arrested too. Meanwhile, commentary talks about how disgraceful it is that the main event of WrestleMania is being let out in handcuffs. So, way to put over this historic moment, guys. These prove to be the dumbest fucking cops in the history of cops as they put Charlotte in one car and Becky and Rhonda together in another. They, of course, start brawling immediately, which leads to Rhonda kicking out the window of the car. They drag them out or they drag Becky out. Somehow Rhonda manages to get in the front seat and drive one cop car into another. Uh, then they all get taken away. Oh, and Rhonda barely sold a knee to the face from Charlotte into the window frame she had kicked out moments earlier. Okay, that started out really cool, really fun. They went to replays, all was good. Then we came back from replays and went backstage, and once we went backstage, it all went to hell. The cops became fucking buffoons, and the whole thing went on entirely too long. Entirely too long. Match number five, Glorable versus Heavy Machinery. We're maybe a minute and a half into the match, and Tucker has dropped Gable straight onto his head. And then, Lacey Evans. Remember when she was going to be the one to face Oscar for the SmackDown Women's Championship at Mania? Yeah, what a shame that didn't happen. They squished Chad for the victory grade B. At least it was something different than the past weeks. We haven't seen Glorable in a while, and it looks like they're about to break up, based on the aftermath here. Then a video package for Kofi. Match number six, Braun Strowman versus Jobbers. So we're back to this then. Okay. Sure. 
He again yells at the black guy that he's Michael Che and the white guy that he's Colin Jost and then chucks them both out of the ring. Then he shoulder blocks both of them. And then he does it again. Back in the ring, he squashes them into the corner and then power slams both of them and then he power slams both of them at the same time. Grade D. Squashes get C's, but this was non-roster talent and it was also kind of dull. Also, still hate that Colin and Che are in the Battle Royal. Enter Bobby Lashley. Charlie asks him if he's concerned about WrestleMania and Finn, and Leo says, fuck that. Finn tells us, uh, Finn then appears on the screen to tell us that the demon will be at Mania, because why have surprises anymore, right? Uh, meanwhile, Leo has shat his pants. We get a very coincidentally timed clip of Rob Gronkowski in the Battle Royal from WrestleMania two years ago, minus that female security guard trying to stop him from getting in the ring. Match number seven, Rey Mysterio versus Baron Corbin, because that's your go-home main event for, for Mania. Samoa Joe better be here, too. That's all I'm saying. They tease a leg injury for Ray, and you know it's legit because Chad Patton doesn't actually stop the match. He just really earnestly asks Ray if he can continue. Corbin wins with a deep six after Ray's leg heals enough to allow him to do a 619 that also shows no ill effects fighting out of a powerbomb and landing squarely on both feet. Grade B. Mysterio didn't do much in terms of offense, so I'll take it, I guess. Corbin celebrates to the stage with a crowd in the background spoils that Kurt's about to attack him from behind. He taps repeatedly to the ankle lock. I don't know why I typed locker room and then we go back to the Keystone Cops from before. Overall grade for Raw C+. The tag title match can't save us from the regular typical pre-mania booking where everything's set so they can't make any major changes so let's figure out how to fill three goddamn hours of programming with nothing. I really hope the rumors of SmackDown going to three hours on Fox aren't true because Jesus fuck, I don't know if I can take that. Speaking of SmackDown, this is an interesting week for me. Most of the time, I can't watch SmackDown live on Tuesdays, and that's still true this week, but this week I've actually managed to avoid any spoilers for the show before I was able to watch it, so we'll see what happens. Tonight, we get an update on the Raw Women's Title Match participants, since there is no SmackDown Women's Title anymore, plus a contract signing between Kofi and Daniel. But first, it's the Kevin Owens Show. His guests this evening are Randy Orton and AJ Styles. They start with Randy interrupting AJ's match with Angle last week. He is not given proper credit for this, even though he points out the very valid reason why. Why he did it. Randy's argument in this feud really doesn't hold water for me. I wonder if that's not the point, though. Uh, but him thinking that he's better than AJ because he didn't have to make a name for himself on the indies just doesn't draw me in at all. AJ points out that Randy has been suspended for wellness violations in the past. Things get heated. Kevin pieces out and they fight, ending in an RKO for AJ. Backstage, Kofi is looking over his WrestleMania contract. Hi, buddy. Uh, with two very erudite gentlemen known as Big E and Woods. Enter Alistair Bra Black and his extremely creaky platform. This has to be an added sound effect, right? It sounds like a creaky wooden door in a haunted house. I really preferred the silent platform on the next day. Uh, match number one, Black Ushe versus Rusev Day Barkamura. So the Usos aren't facing the Hardys on Sunday? I don't know why it made me laugh, but at one point an Uso gets dumped from the ring and manages to pull one of the protective tops off the LED apron on the hard cam side. Rusev ultimately falls to a double superkick from the Usos. Grade B. Fun match. Good action. Alexa appears as the host of WrestleMania to make yet another match in order to punish the Usos for being wusses last week. Gotta clean things up, the kids here. Uh, she announces that the Usos will defend their titles at WrestleMania against the other three teams in the match tonight in a fatal four-way match. Is this the first time we've had a random tag match before the accompanying WrestleMania match was announced? We get a brief recap of last night's women's chaos and then enter the Iconics. We get a quick recap of their victory over Boss Hugs two weeks ago, then to the ring. They, of course, promised to win the WWE Women's Tag Team titles, and that's about it, really. Then we go back to last night's chaos again, but a different section of it. This raises a very interesting question. There were, like, ten cops at Raw. How did they all get there in two cars? 
Enter the Miz. The briefest mention of Brutus's Hall of Fame induction leads us to a Miz promo. He also talks about WrestleMania and how much it means to different people. He then calls Linda McMahon a bitch. Match number two, The Miz versus Sanity. Hot diggity dog. Sanity gets a match on TV. Why do I get the feeling they're about to lose? Daddy. Yeah, buddy? Okay, can I, can I do this, though? Can you tell me after? What the hell? All right, hang on. All right, that was fun. Shane then makes an appearance. He makes Greg Hamilton announce him, as is now tradition. You'd think if Shane really wanted to stick it to The Miz here, he'd make this a one-on-three tornado tag match, but he hasn't. Sanity have to tag in and out. Uh, Miz gets on a roll, so Shane distracts him by announcing that this uh, handicap match is now Falls Count Anywhere, just like their match at WrestleMania, and by showing him a picture of him, gra- him grabbing, quote-unquote, Mr. Potato Face by the face at Fastlane. Miz puts Wolf through a table and pins him, but Eric breaks it up at the last second. He and Young brawl behind the screens and into the backstage area. He throws Young into one of those corrugated steel roll-up doors and dents it all to hell, so hopefully no one has to roll that door up anytime soon, or really ever again. <laughs> There's not much you can do to help, buddy. Daddy just has to read this. They end up outside where Corey says it's pouring down rain. The distinct lack of rainfall refutes his statement quite soundly, however. Miz crushes Eric Young's skull between a rolling production cart and something cube-shaped covered with a trash bag and pins him for three. Grade C. There wasn't much here. Most of this in-ring match happened during commercial break. Miz looks over at an SUV. When, when, he's, when we zoom in, we see Shane in the back seat. He smirks and rolls up the window as it drives away, and then suddenly a police siren starts sounding as a cop car turns the corner with its lights on. Becky gets out and walks into the arena as Miz literally disappears, and we go to break. Why? Sure. Why would that cop car only turn on its siren during the last six seconds of its journey? Also, are we supposed to believe that that's the same cops from last night? That seems like a pretty long drive from D.C. to Baltimore. Then another video package about the Raw women's title match chaos from last night. Another thing I failed to notice last night, Charlotte ended up outside the cop car when the cops took Becky out of the car she was in with Rhonda and tried to put her in the car Charlotte was in. How stupid are DC police officers? Graves is in the ring. He tells us that three, the three ladies are all free on personal recognizance, which is as good a story as any, really, since that means that they're merely awaiting a trial and haven't just been let free without repercussions. He then introduces the man... Becky basically tells Graves to sit down. She basically openly, she openly talks about how the plan for this WrestleMania was Charlotte versus Rousey until she took matters into her own hands. She promises to leave WrestleMania as double champ and drops the mic. Up next, an 18-person mixed tag match. What a bizarre way to promote two meaningless battles royal at WrestleMania. This marks the first time I've seen the commercial split screen used for entrances. Strange choice, but it makes sense, I guess. During the regularly televised entrances, we get confirmation from Tom that both Battles Royal will be on the kickoff show. Surprise! Match number three. Oh, Jesus. Uh, the Hardys, uh, Heavy Machinery, Naomi, Nikki, Asuka, and Glorious Truth uh, yeah, versus uh, we have Andrade, Zelina, The Club, uh, Lana, Fire and Desire, Shelton, Benjamin, and EC3. Okay. Yikes. Anyways, moments after we begin, Lacey Evans does her thing. Graves says Michael Che is his pick to win the Androphy Battle Royal. Yep. Tom picks Otis. Byron does not make a pick. Oh, I get it. It's called the Caterpillar because they're heavy machinery. That's still dumb. We get a dance break and I don't even care anymore. Also, finally, someone attacks them during it and, it ends in, and then the match ends in a schmoz. Grade F. Look, I rarely give Fs on this show. Ooh. But this was egregiously pointless. 
Also, Asuka, who was SmackDown Women's Champion a mere eight days ago, didn't even officially get in this match. We also got a pretty lady from Otis towards Mandy, which we haven't had in a while. Nikki then fights Shelton, which makes me laugh. She jumps on his back in a sleeper-like maneuver. They both go over the top rope to the floor, and she hangs on as Shelton flails to the back. Are you okay, buddy? Okay. I enjoyed that, at least. I'll give it bonus points. EC3 gets kicked in the face by Asuka. She hugs Jeff and then tosses him. As they tout the contract signing, they show New Day backstage. Big E has cut a tit window into his shirt, and I have no idea why. Match number four, four, Samoa Joe versus Prince Ali. Marvelous he, Ali Ababwa. Joe avoids a 450 and puts Ali to sleep with the cocaine a clutch in just a couple minutes. Grade C. Welcome back, Ali, I guess. Enter Daniel Bryan and Rowan. Maybe it's me, but I feel like they should have changed the A's in Daniel Bryan's name to recycle logos as well, not just the O and Rowan. Although perhaps that's confusing messaging because it's different vowels. Michael Cole is here to oversee the contract signing, so screw you, Tom Corey and Byron, I suppose. He reminds us why we're here for some reason, as though the table, chairs, and contract in the middle of the ring weren't enough of a clue, and then brings out Kofi Kingston. Note that no one introduced Brian and Rowan. They just came out after the last match. Well, I shouldn't say came out. They walked out after the last match. Sadly, Big E has removed his titty shirt. The crowd chants Kofi, and then Kofi rocks over Daniel Bryan and as Big and Woods dance along. When Kofi wins the title, can we get a belt made out of pancakes? Daniel tells Kofi not to get overconfident via the fans. They'll turn on him the same way they turned on Brian. Kofi has finally had enough, and he verbally demolishes Daniel. I must admit, though, the on-screen countdown to the new episode of Ms. and Mrs. really cuts through the tension in this segment. Other than that, though, I thought this was a really good segment. We get an impassioned, determined, serious side of Kofi that we've never seen before, and it really makes me want to see the title match on Sunday in the hopes that they do the right thing and put the belt on Kofi. Bonus points. Overall grade for SmackDown is a B-. Nikki and Kofi give us a little bump to save this from being another low-effort show. Overall grade for the week is also a B-, a slightly better-than-average go-home week. Takes us right into WrestleMania tonight. Once again, my special recap of NXT TakeOver New York is exclusively on Patreon.com. Sure. Patreon.com slash Rundown Wrestling, where you can sign up to be a patron for as little as $5 a month. All of my WWE Network special event recaps will be there. Just look for them in the archives. I hope you enjoy WrestleMania tonight, as I hope I enjoy WrestleMania tonight. And come on back here next week for my recap of that and all the rest of the main roster action right here on Making the Grade. Blurch.